subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Here is what Coach Pittman had to say about Isaiah Satania. He's got to catch the ball more consistently in practice, and he's getting better at that. But you also have guys that aren't catching the ball 100% in front of him. So it's just opportunity for him. It has to increase just a little bit more. I think we're going to do a little bit of something at wide receiver. We'll, we'll figure it out to where we might can get him on the field a little bit more. I think you'll see him on the field a little bit more on Saturday night. As I mentioned, again, this offense so far has not been explosive. Top eight, Outside the top 80 in 10 yards or more and outside the top 90 in either it's 15 or 20. I'm forgetting which one it is. That's not something you want to be associated with as an offensive coordinator. And if you remember in 2015, the last time Dan, Sam Pittman and Coach Enos worked together, it took some time. Now, once they got the thing rolling, i.e. the Auburn game in 2015, four overtimes, Brandon Allen completed a fourth and goal to Drew Morgan, I think on a slant route, and he was never the same quarterback. He became the Brandon Allen that we saw at the tail end of that year. But it took them a little bit. It took Brandon a little bit, and it took that offense a little bit. And you just don't have time, right? You're going to Baton Rouge this weekend, Jerry World next weekend, bought Hemingway the weekend after that, and then you have to book in your trips in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I don't know a way to expedite it. That's why Sam Pittman's getting paid $6 million. That's why Dan Enos is getting paid the money he's making to figure this thing out. And I also want to say this. Now, We talked about K.J. Jefferson not being fully healthy, and this guy gives it all every single Saturday. He's a guy that will play through pain, a guy that's played through injuries. He just wants to play and compete for his team. But he's not perfect, y'all. He's not the best quarterback that we've ever had. Now, he's got a lot of stats and statistics and stuff that put up numbers, but there are some areas that he needs to improve on as well. Now, it's really hard for him to do that when he's under duress, as he was much of last game. But I'm hoping for an expanded K.J. Jefferson because they're going to need every bit of his of his greatness in these next couple weeks or some semblance of that. I mean, we need him to play out of his mind the next four weeks for Arkansas to have any chance against the Tigers, the Aggies, the Rebels, and the Crimson Tide. That's just where you are as a program right now sitting here at this point. But I'll go back to, again, Isaiah Satania. He's a kid that we saw in high school, and maybe you didn't get a chance to watch him. Maybe you just saw highlights and clips. He's a game changer. I mean, you saw it on Saturday. You didn't even have to wait till game three. You saw it in game one. The guy makes plays. Now, they're not always going to result in touchdowns, but he's a kid that can make that first guy miss. And if you can make that first guy miss in this league, in this program, a lot of times things are going to go your way. All right, let's take Ryan and Hot Springs call this morning. Ryan, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Uh, 
y'all know uh, kind of what uh, what kind of jump started uh, Enos's offense as well. Uh, about halfway through that season too. In in twenty fifteen, what what yep. what jump started it? The the emergence of Dominic Reed. It's a good point. I I, I think Satania can be that. He, he's as fast as Reed. Um, even if it's just getting him in jet sweeps and stuff like that, when like whenever I didn't necessarily hate the play when they gave uh, Tesla the uh, the jet sweep in the game Saturday. First thing I thought was why why, why wasn't that given to Satania? He's one of the fastest guy on the team. I mean, I mean like I said, I didn't hate hate the play to Tesla because he, he's fast enough to if he can hit a crease, he can he can get you a first down. But I, I don't think he's going to be one of those that'll you know take it to the house. It right. was the house called him, but it, but he can get you a first down. Broden got one uh, too during the game. Broden's right. pretty. Broden's one of the one of the faster guys on the teams as well. It's just weird saying that with a, a six seven guy, but he's got some jets to him too. Right. I just um, I do think if this offense is going to have any chance of having, I do absolutely agree. We got to get Fatania going. Um, I do think. Um, I, obviously, I don't think we'll win Saturday, but I think this I think this game will be closer than people think. With our with our defense, I think this this defense is going to keep us in a lot of games this year. I uh, I know they gave up 38 points this week, but at the, at the same time, though, what, what are you going to do when when your offense is putting you on you know on on the opponent's uh, 35 that you yeah. know making it a super short field? So, was, I mean, they they allowed less than 300 yards. I think it was like two. I think it was 282. Right. If I remember that correctly, they just got put in some horrible positions and the offense again right. was having some droughts and the defense unfortunately paid the price you still i mean you, you got to force more than one turnover ryan this defense has right. to be turnover prone where they're getting interceptions getting fumble, fumbles as we saw the first two they still have a great turnover margin it's still right. top 10 in college football but it's got to be that way all year if you're going to have a chance in some of these marquee games right. I felt like too the Latham thing. We've seen him play better than that. I think for him, I think it just snowball. I think something started happening, and then I think it just snowballed on him. And I think you know how it happens when you when you hit one bad shot golfing, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it just kind of snowballs. I, oh, I think boy, that's what I. happened that last. I think that's what happened to, to Latham that that last drive. I mean, obviously he's got to play better overall, but I, I do think I think you'll see a better play out of him. Uh, as we go through the season, but I just, I hated that for him, but, um, you know, too, the part that did aggravate me, I don't know if you caught it, that last scoring drive where Slovis um, picked up the, that first down, they held Pooh Paul 100%. Bad, bad on that play. And again, I'm not blaming the rest, cause I'm, just, I'm just saying they didn't help. I, again, I'm not blaming them. I just, just some stuff that I caught watching the game, and I just, I felt like that some of that stuff was, Worse than some of the stuff they were calling on Latham. Oh. Is all I'm saying. Saying with that, again, Big. not blaming them. I'm just, but um, that's my thoughts. I didn't get to call in yesterday because I, I uh, pretty go pretty busy, so I figured I'd say it's pretty day. But Bri- um, I hope y'all. Ha- I hope y'all have a great day and go Hogs. Brian, we appreciate you phoning in to the McClarty Daniel Hotline. If you want to jump in with us this morning again, Big C, Ty Richardson, Tommy Kraft has the fever. That's why he's out. If y'all know Tommy, he is a the good kind of workaholic. He doesn't overextend himself, but he hates not being at work. He 
is that sick this morning. So that's where he is at. But if you want to call or text us again on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, feel free to do so at 877-377-6963. Now it's funny. So Pittman's with the media about 35 minutes. We're going to have Tom on with us in about an hour and a half. And he asked him about a couple of those plays. There were some misholding calls. Pooh Paul particularly would come on a blitz, get held. There was no call. KJ got speared at one point, no call. There's one other one, no call. Big 12 crew, reading that what you will. I could go scorched earth here with Tommy out, but I'm not going to. But I will agree with Ryan. There were some missed calls this morning. Back to the phone lines. Jimmy is in Conway, home of the Wampus Cats. Jimmy, I haven't paid attention. How have the, the Wampus Cats done with Buck James through a couple football they're, games this point? They're looking good. Are looking they? good. You better look out. All right. Yep. Look out. Well, here's an observation. I don't know. It's something that I don't like, but I've heard Sam say this more than once in a post-game interview. He said it after the Kent State game, and I I don't know if he said it after Saturday night's game or not, but he he said uh, he really had his team ready to play, and I I didn't have ours ready, you know. More or less saying he's not doing his job, which I, I don't like that. Well, let me let me defend Sam Pittman for a sec, Jimmy. And let, I, I was more critical than anyone on this show yesterday, and that's just how I am on Monday. I'm in a terrible mood on Monday after losses. But what do you as a fan want him to say? Coming off of either a loss or a close game that you felt like would have been, he's going to get tethered. He's going to get ripped on social media, regardless of what he says. It doesn't matter because they didn't play to your expectation or my expectation. He could have given the most eloquent, perfect answer in the world on Saturday night, and you wouldn't have cared, and I wouldn't have cared, just because as fans fall in losses that we feel like they shouldn't have gone through, they want blood, right? I don't. I mean, Jimmy, he, he, he's in, he's in a corner there, man. There's nothing he could have said that you would have been okay with at that point. Well, I I don't know. I I want to hear something that gives me hope for the future. I want to hear we are going to get this straightened out. The penalties and the offensive line. I'm going to take care of that because I know how to do that. That's what I want to hear from. Well, he does. You know, when, when head see. coach is an offensive line coach. He can fix that. Yeah. And, and he, he needs to fix And let me, so I'm glad you brought that up. Let me play this clip again. This is Sam Pittman yesterday in the media. This was him talking about the penalties that they have to correct. We're going to have some missed assignments in a game. I thought we had more than what we should have, but it's the penalties that are killing drives and keeping drives alive and things of that nature that we just have to get corrected. Jimmy, you're exactly right on the penalties. This is the most heavily penalized team in the SEC. Two years ago when they won nine games, they were still a heavily penalized team. They could have probably won more than nine games if they had made those mental mistakes, but... This year's team doesn't have that luxury. They don't have the same veteran leadership or maybe even the talent. You definitely don't have a trailing Burks on this wide receiver core. So that team got away with it. To your point, this team can't. They can't have the turnovers. They can't have the penalties. They're going to wind up losing kind of like they did on Saturday. Absolutely. Go Hogs. I'm still with them. I'm still here. I'm not not giving up. That's the spirit, man. Uh, Jimmy, we appreciate your call this morning. Listen, y'all, if you're jumping ship after BYU, 
I don't know how to help you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to go on to win double-digit games. I'd be lying if I got on there and told you I actually thought that. I don't. But the season is not over. After a loss, and I know it's a lot different in football than it is, say, basketball and baseball, but they still have a lot to play for. This unit is not going to give up. Sam Pittman is not going to wilt and just fall over to this point. He watched... And I, and I say he probably watched from afar because he wasn't on staff at this point. But, I mean, this is – I don't see this playing out like it did for Brett Bielema and company from that era. This team will fight. This team will claw back. And again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to win six conference games this year or even five. But I think they'll be a lot more competitive in this game Saturday night than you might think. Let's talk to JR here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. By the way, McClarty Daniel, six locations, Springdale and Benville, a good deal is never too far away. Always online at McClartyDaniel.com. JR, welcome into the program, man. How's it going? Uh, it's it, it's going to be better. I feel like that uh, fans are pretty down in the dumps after Saturday. I was pretty bad on Monday, but I, uh, I've tried to rally myself this week. Hopefully, I'll be in a lot more positive mood this week. I'm not down to dumps over it. I mean, it's, you know, football's football. But after hearing um, a few other people talk yesterday and what Wally Hall referenced to, there was a play where KJ was running the ball, uh, driving the ball down there, and he, he opted to go out of bounds. There was a defensive back standing between him and the end zone. Normally, he would he would go ahead and try to make the extra yardage or take on the, take on the defender, and he didn't. So... I just wonder how much his banged up uh, situation, you know, was playing into all this because uh, his passes, you know, didn't seem as crisp, you know, uh, in pre- previous two games. So um, I- I'm not saying it's in season or anything like that. I just wonder how much, you know, his shoulders giving him fits, you know, and not taking. I can understand if his sh- if his shoulder was hurting like it was, he didn't run the sneak on the fourth down. He punt the ball. You know, if you can't if you can't make it, you're not comfortable getting him hurt any worse or, or if his shoulders hurt you punt the ball there. You don't you don't you know, that's that's my only beef with that with that call. You know, if, if that's what's going on, all indications that's what's going on. So uh I, I would think that, you know, we may even see Criswell, you know, if he's hurt if he's hurt that bad. So at this point in the game. So anyway. JR, we really appreciate your call this morning. I'm going to go back to a clip I played earlier, and I know that some of you may have missed it. I think it's important to play it again. Here's again Coach Pittman yesterday on the status of your star quarterback. He's fine. Yeah, he was a little banged up going into the game, but we wondered the same thing, but we knew the answer of why. I mean, a lot of times you're telling guys run out of bounds or something like that. We have not told him that because I didn't think he would do it, you know, if we did, but I'm sure that had a little bit to do with how he was feeling. He actually is a lot better today than he was last week. Now, William in Jonesboro, following that statement from Sam Pittman, says he feels like it's the same excuse with every loss that KJ wasn't 100%. He heard in the Liberty game. Well, if you watch the Liberty game, you know for a fact he was not 100% last year. If he's not healthy to play, then don't play and play a healthy quarterback. He's tired of excuses for the losses. It was bad play calling and poor decision making. Simple as that. Excuses might work in high school, but not playing ball in the Southeastern Conference. Now, again, I'll go back to something I said earlier. 
KJ Jefferson is tough as nails. He's going to play. He he has some areas that he has to improve upon as a quarterback, reading defenses, going through his progressions. But you've never looked at that young man and say he's not tough or he's not a great leader. That's what he has. Now again, is he perfect? No. But he's what Arkansas needs right now. It's again, it's that old Dark Knight reference. It's like you need a hero. It's it's what Gotham City needs right now. He is what Arkansas football needs right now. We heard a, a JR talk about Jacoby Criswell. I've stated in the summer and leading up to this season that I thought there was a good chance that KJ was going to get hurt at some point. I didn't want it to happen. I'm not wishing it on the kid. But past history has shown i.e. 2019 gets injured in the LSU game only plays in one game I believe in 2020 has a great game against Missouri injured against A&M in 2021 injured against Liberty doesn't play against LSU and Mississippi State last year the past history and track record is there of this guy getting injured or just being hampered now other quarterbacks again in the Southeastern Conference have to deal with stuff all the time but he's missed games and he's missed halves I don't want that to happen this year, but that's kind of could be where we end up, Big C, if if he keeps getting hit like this. Yeah, and from what I could tell Saturday, there wasn't a lot in his game that told me, you know, this guy's hurt, you know, he just can't go. I mean, it looked like he, I mean, maybe a few throws weren't. He got hit on the interception. Yeah. There was at least five drops that I counted. Yeah. A.J. Green, Broden, Wilson, even Tesla got one knocked out of his hands, which is so uncustomary watching this kid play. I think there was one or two others. A lot of that's on the wide receivers. And again, when you're in that situation and your quarterback doesn't have a lot of time because the offensive line's not giving him much and you need every bit, you have to come up with those plays. And I'm not trying to single anyone out to this point. But these these. Gat, not gadget plays, these explosive plays that you're looking for could come from the young man from Fayetteville, Arkansas. And as we heard earlier with Sam Pittman talking about it, they're going to try and feature him in some stuff on Saturday, and they should. There are areas of weakness that every kid on that football team has. Some are able to overcome, some get hidden, his is again blocking. Doesn't matter. Put him in a passing situation. Put him in bubble screens. Put him on that jet sweep. Yes. As you heard Ryan from Hot Springs talking about earlier, get him in situation. Make him give you a reason not to play him. I think at this point, you know, coming off the loss to BYU with the competition ramping up, you've got to try to get your playmakers the ball as much as you can. Man, that punt return he had, that was so electric, man. I just felt great. It gave me like shades of Joe Adams. It was just, you know, great to see our special teams be so dynamic in that moment. We've got to get him the ball. Uh, you don't, I, I mean, I know Pittman said he's not catching it as much in practice, but from what I could tell when he catches punts, man, I mean, he, he's usually pretty sure handed. Uh, he'll, he'll run up there and catch it no matter who's in front of him. So I, yeah, I would like to see Satani get the ball in space more and give the defense a, something else to account for. Again, this Arkansas team has a chance to do something special on Saturday night. Winning Baton Rouge back-to-back times for the first time ever. Now, you've won back-to-backs against LSU. You've won back-to-backs in the state of Louisiana when you did it in Shreveport way back when in the 1920s. But you've never done it back-to-back in Baton Rouge. You've been close. Like 2007, 2009, you've been close. But this football team has a chance. And I'll go back to something David and Alma 
referenced earlier on the McClarty Daniel hotline. No one gave Arkansas a chance in 2007 when you played the number one team in the country. They're not giving you a chance on Saturday night. Use that as fuel, guys. Use it. I'm not talking just to you as a listener and as a fan. I'm talking to the football team themselves. No one expects anything of you. You got Herbie and Fowler and Holly Rowe on Saturday night. It's a big-time marquee game. This LSU team is prime to win the SEC West based on how Alabama's this, Alabama was this year. Give them a reason why they won't. Give them their first SEC loss of the year. K.J. Jefferson's going to have to be Superman in this football game. We all know that. But we've seen these heroics before. Offensive line. We talked about Brady Latham. Brady Latham had his worst game as a Razorback. He's never going to play that bad again. He's a captain. He's a guy that's going to bounce. I guarantee you, as mad as you probably were, based on his performance on Saturday, there's no one more angry with himself than Mr. Latham. And I guarantee you, he's going to make sure that that never happens again. Because he's going to be tested against Makai Wingo and Mason Smith. I mean, two of the best interior linemen, if not the best duo in all of college football, come Saturday night in Death Valley. You think uh, LSU getting... Was it, was it Mason Smith who was suspended that first game? Yeah, he was the one that, uh, again, got paid for autographs. And so. Yeah, and then I know in that first game against Florida State, they tried to do something weird with Perkins. So it's like, they kind of, it looks like they got back to their identity. And, you know, I think it's going to be tough to go down there and beat them. But like Pittman said, it's about game planning. You've got to give yourself the best opportunity to have success. You've got to get the ball out quick. You've got to do some things you know, to kind of account for the deficiencies on the O-line. You've got to make the defense kind of pause and not just pin their ears back. And I do wonder, to that point, Big C, Derek and Jones Pro brings up, do you try some no huddle? Do you try some quicker stuff that we, not necessarily Bryle speed or Josh Heupel speed, but do you try and speed it up to throw LSU off the rhythm? Because you haven't necessarily shown that to this point. I know that's not Danino's style, but Derek's wondering, do you mix it up a little bit on Saturday night? I guarantee you Danino's is going to try a few things that we haven't necessarily seen to this point. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit Arlington Hotel com for more info. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas.
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Here is what Coach had to say about fixing the offensive line to this point. The offensive line just has to play more consistent because there are times, I mean, on AJ's run, nobody touched him. We just have to be more consistent. We probably need to move the pocket a little bit more. We can't just stand back there and, and let people blitz a thon or bull us. Obviously, we, we started chipping and things of that nature. But when you do that, you have to because of the bull we were getting. They were pretty good, I thought, defensive end-wise. But I don't know that there's a lot more than what we're doing. Believe me, we're, we're trying everything that we can to try to get the best guys out there that are going to play the best. We've been banged up and those things, but a lot of people get banged up. We just, you know, we have to play better. We have to play more consistent. Bruce, I'll post the question to you first. Has Coney Kennedy made the room better in the offensive line group? Well, I mean, obviously, the last two games, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that. You, just based on performance, you know, you look at the stat rooms and the commentators, what everybody's saying is, uh, you know, they're uh, not protecting the quarterback, they're not running uh, the ball at will, like maybe they should have against uh, Kent State. Uh, the, the problem is, you know, you're, you're, you're facing – possibly the toughest four-game stretch in the country mm-hmm. coming up uh, with, uh, you know, just four really good SEC teams uh, starting off at LSU. You're going to know immediately is this line improving or not. LSU's going to tell you. Uh, if they play the way they did against uh, Mississippi State uh, on Saturday, we're, we're probably going to be sitting here next week uh, having a conversation about, uh, you know, the offensive line. Uh but, you know, hopefully they'll do some things this week to improve, limit the penalties, and get the blocking schemes down a little better. You lost Ricky Stromberg to your Washington Commanders. You lost Luke Jones, and you lost Dalton Lewis. know, by the way. Yeah, I did. The defensive lineman looks good. Chase Young, Jonathan Allen. It's a good football team. The NFC beast is going to be fun to watch this year. But you brought in Josh Braun. And that's kind of your setup. You had Lathan and Limmer, who were all SEC picks in certain cases, and some cases uh, preseason All-American. So, again, there's talent. This isn't a talentless offensive line group. And you've got a guy that you consider to be the best offensive, if not one of the best offensive line coaches in college football in Sam Pittman. You just wonder, again, about Cody King. We've got several texts already that are all saying no. Now, come Monday, if they beat LSU somehow, some way, and KJ has time and they run the football, Cody Kennedy's going to all of a sudden become the best offensive line coach, the best X's and O guys in the history of Arkansas football. But this is a big, again, a gut check week for this football team, particularly for Cody Kennedy, Bruce. It is. I mean, it's just going to be a major challenge. Uh, you know, LSU's going to come after the quarterback. They're going to get in the gaps. They're going to be fast. They're going to be big. And 
you know, you, you probably uh, couldn't have a, a more stringent test than on the road at a night game uh, at Death Valley. So you're, you're going to know where you stand. Um, exactly right. Well, Arkansas and LSU on the docket for this weekend. Bruce, we've got several top 25 matchups this weekend. And while Arkansas and LSU is not top 25, you didn't have a single one this past weekend. You've got six this weekend. I mean, it is fantastic. You've got UCLA at Utah, Ole Miss at Alabama, Colorado at Oregon, Oregon State at Washington State, Iowa at Penn State, and there's and Ohio State at Notre Dame. This is a great weekend, week four in college football. It is. I mean, that's what you want to see. It's, it's uh, just been very few top-level matchups uh, up, to, up until this week coming up. I mean, I, I think, obviously, the one I got circled is uh, Ole Miss and Alabama. Uh, you know, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're like, God, why, why, why couldn't we have played them last week when they were trying to figure out their quarterback situation? And I don't, I don't know if they're any closer to figuring it out, but, you know, that that's a game. You know, you, if you're Ole Miss, you, you think, man, we got a great chance uh, to knock off Alabama. Um, and then, you know, the Colorado game is intriguing. They they didn't play as well last week, and they step up, and you know, they're finally going to face a real power. Is, is that something this this start they have is it sustainable against? Uh, Uh, That is the marquee game of the weekend. Again, Ole Miss at Alabama outside of what's going on in Baton Rouge. Well, we've seen three weeks of football. How we feeling? This is the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Who are the best football teams in the SEC? SEC! SEC! Let's find out. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. This is the Pradco Pyramid of Power. And again, that was uh, the question about... Cody Kennedy, it's presented by Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. Plenty of notes. We'll see if it changes come Saturday night. Well, Bruce, our friend, our leader, Tommy Kraft, has the fever. Usually he'd give his opinion of the top six teams in the Southeastern Conference. I'm going to let you do this because I know you always have good notes. You're always prepared to kind of give your take. So I'm assuming Georgia still at Tier 1 of Bruce Stan's Pradco Pyramid of Power. Well, Georgia, you know, and again, I think the bug that bit a lot of SEC teams last week kind of bit Georgia. Uh, they're just good enough to overcome it, uh, even with some quarterback issues of their own. Uh, they had that 24-14 win over South Carolina. It was a home game, but they, they won. And the way that rest of the SEC looks right now, I just you can't take Georgia off the number one spot until someone actually beats them. I feel the same way. I mean, like you said, they didn't look great against the Gamecocks at home, but there's no team in the SEC that is just petrifying to anyone. All right, so no. m- moving on to year tier two. Yeah, this this is a just a jacked up jumbled mess compared to where it was last week. You know, I, I did the right thing. I took Tennessee out last week. Tommy had him number two, which maybe that's where we should have known he had the fever because there's no way Tennessee's number two in the SEC where Tommy had him last week. So I got Ole Miss coming up uh, at three and zero. They've been very consistent offensively and defensively. They've played uh, you know some good Power Five competition. And uh, they're doing it without Quinton Judkins. Uh, you know, Jackson Dart's looking the part. Seems like uh, they've got a lot of positives. So I got I got the Ole Miss uh, Rebels at, at number two, and then 
back on tier two at number three as LSU. Uh, they were dominant uh, against Mississippi State and Starkville. A lot of people thought that might be a coming out game for uh, Mississippi State. Chance to, you know, uh, look the part, upset uh, LSU and Starkville, and it didn't happen. It was never a game. Uh, LSU was physical. They moved the ball. They played defense. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a statement win for LSU. So not not something probably Arkansas fans wanted to see heading into this week. But uh, Ole Miss at two and LSU at number three on the second tier. See, Bruce, I love it. I think LSU's going to overlook Arkansas. They're going to be looking ahead to Ole Miss next week, the Magnolia Bowl, as they travel to Oxford. They saw the Arkansas game. They saw the film on Saturday. Those defensive line think, oh, we'll, we'll have our way with these guys. I think it sets up perfectly for Arkansas to contend with these guys Saturday night. I, I, well, I, I've said before, I thought they were going to trounce Mississippi State. They did exactly that. If you're going to ask for an outcome, I think you you got a decent one heading into Saturday. Yeah, Arkansas definitely uh, has a history of upsetting LSU, uh, even in Baton Rouge. But, you know, Brian Kelly's a great coach. Uh, he's obviously got the team refocused. They've had two dominant performances since losing to Florida State. And I think as fans, we get kind of sidetracked by the level of competition. You know, t- to me, uh, it was a danger sign two weeks ago when Kent State, uh, you know, Arkansas didn't play well against them. Tennessee didn't play well against Austin P. And I think they carried that over uh, into, into their games where they lost last week. And LSU, you know, after playing Florida State, which is, I think, number three, I mean, people yeah. were ready to ride them off. Well, that was a great team. And uh, they rebounded well with two dominant wins. So, uh, you know, got Georgia number one, Ole Miss number two. LSU number three. All right, who's on tier number four then, Bruce? Well, this is probably going to raise some eyebrows. Uh, again, I, I like considering the competition every week and the expectations. Uh, I think the thicker kickers got L- uh, Missouri up at number four. Wow. I like Luther Bird in the third, scoring uh, two touchdowns. I picked him first team All SEC uh, receiver before the season started. I've got a lot of people laughing at me. Uh, he, I don't think Kansas State was laughing at him on uh, Saturday. 61-yard field goal, home win over number 15, Kansas State. I watched the boards last week after Texas beat Alabama. A lot of fans, oh, Kansas State's going to beat Texas. I'm like, well, I, I hope they do, but, you know, they didn't beat Missouri. So that was a big win for the SEC, beating a ranked Big 12 team. Got Missouri at number three. They're undefeated, 3-0. and Florida moved up to number five after they thrashed Tennessee twenty nine to sixteen. Wow! Uh, you know their their offensive and defensive line play was dominant, and uh, you know we you know Ty last week we were talking about Billy Napier wouldn't have a job. Well, I don't, I don't think we're going to be talking about that for a while. I don't think the uh, uh, the game in the swamp come November the fourth is going to be in the as easy as maybe we initially expected. It doesn't look as easy as it did last week, <laughs> and then number six. I just, you know, Alabama by default, uh, they're going back to Milrow. They struggled uh, at South Florida. Probably glad they weren't playing a SEC school. Uh, but, you know, the rest of the SEC, I still think, is unproven. 
So I got Missouri number four, uh, Florida number five, and uh, Alabama number six, just based on recent results. Oh man! For those that don't know, Alabama announced Jalen Milrow as a starter for this Saturday. That place is an absolute dumpster fire compared to what it usually is. And again, you got to put that into kind of terms of like what a dumpster fire in Tuscaloosa looks like. But their fan base is irate, and they—I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy because I'm so sick of Alabama being as dominant as they've been and having great quarterbacks. I know you're <laughs> you're also smiling this morning seeing what's going on in Tuscaloosa as well, Bruce. Well, I, I mean, I am, but you know, I'm, I'm looking at my own team, and I just I don't I don't <laughs> see Tennessee uh, going in there and uh, you know maybe be competitive. I don't I don't think a, a win is going to happen. Uh, yeah, you really hope Ole Miss and. Uh, you know Auburn, some of these other teams, uh, LSU can uh, can beat Alabama because I just I don't I don't see the don't see the balls doing it this year. The year of the sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and hot barbecue sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's get into your hog update. Coach Pittman met with the Arkansas media yesterday and got asked a a bunch of questions. One thing stood out to me amongst it all. This week, this weekend, it's about getting your pride back. We can't mull around because... I think this is as good a football team as we'll play all year. They are very, very, very talented. But we have to have a good, that's why you have game plans and things of that nature. We've got a good football team. We lost a game, and we've got to go get our, get our pride back and get our respect back. Now, Bruce in Nashville, who's the pessimist on our show here in the mornings, he thinks that Arkansas is going to get blown out by three-plus touchdowns as he texts that in on the McCarty-Daniel hotline. I can't remember the last positive text that he sent in to this point. That could happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And I'm not saying this to be a sunshine pumper. I legitimately think Arkansas is going to play well and ultimately be within single digits heading into the fourth quarter. Now, I'm not as confident about them winning as I was this past week and leading up to this football game based on where the offensive line is to this point. But I don't think they're going to get rocked on Saturday night. I just don't. Now, you'd love to have Rocket Sanders for this game. I don't think he's going to play but here's Coach on his status. No. I mean, really no is the answer. 
I don't know if he's going to be able to play or not. And I tell you, it's probably, in all honesty, it's probably too early to really tell on that injury. We're going to have him out there a little bit today, kind of see where he's at. But to be honest with you, the answer is probably no at this point. Not no that he's not going to play. No, we just don't know. And you see Coach, or excuse me, you hear Coach there when he's saying the word no, he's talking about do you know his status for Saturday? And he's saying no there. Now my gut which has been wrong plenty of times, let me tell you. But my gut tells me he does not participate against LSU. That is putting you in a tough situation, going again the best environment and one of the tougher teams in college football. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he suits up on Saturday. We'll have to wait and see. Don't know the extent, don't know the severity of what he's dealing with right now other than it is his knee. But again, that's what Arkansas is having to do on Saturday night. Congrats to Bella Field, who has been named the SEC Freshman of the Week. Got the game-winning goal against Grand Canyon this past Sunday, soccer-wise. Again, Colby Hale's got a really good squad. They'll play number 7 Alabama this Thursday. And also Maggie Cartwright, who was named the Co-Offensive Player of the Week for Arkansas Women's Volleyball. And junior Hannah Hogue was named the Setter of the Week. I know Hannah's from Fort Smith, if I remember that right. So congrats to her. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. It's brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 Sparky. We are going to get to our Lindsay and Associates Pro Hog Update coming up in the next hour, but I do want to talk about last night. We heard the new Monday Night Football song. Maybe some of you didn't. I want you to play it for you real quick. This is a little short excerpt. Again, Chris Stapleton, Snoop Dogg, and a rendition of Phil Collins in the air tonight. I didn't hate it. I've had a variety of people text me that they actually don't. Now, I'm always partial to Hank Williams Jr. And that song, that was something I watched with my dad growing up every single Monday night. We'd watch and then he'd tell me to go to bed. That was what I got to stay up for at this point. But it wasn't bad. And they had two Monday night football games last night. You had the Browns and the Steelers where the Steelers came up big at the tail end. I think they went 26 to 22 in that one. And then you had New Orleans who beat Carolina 20 to 17. Christian, I think the the story from last night was Nick Chubb and yes. getting his knee just decapitated by Mika Fitzpatrick, former Alabama Crimson Tide. Man, that that that's a huge blow for the Browns. I mean, they had a great opening win over the Bengals. Defense played great, you know, and then you lose a guy like Nick Chubb, who is one of the greatest to ever play in the NFL. Man, greatest Brown, to ever play? Well, one of them. I, I I don't know where he ranks up there, but I I saw last night where he has like the third highest yards per carry uh, the, in the National Football League, like of all time. Like as far as like he, he his average per carry, like. Just getting like like over like just over five yards a carry, which is pretty darn good. 
I didn't know that. Now I do know that. Um, again, the Saints and the Steelers are the ones. Uh, in, the super, in the Super Bowl era, my in, bad. In the I Super Bowl era. That, okay. That's still impressive. I'd say that, yeah, that definitely is up there. I might push back on one of the greatest of all time, but having that average is, is pretty good. Now, after this weekend, again, two games in, we've seen a lot of different things. Kansas City got back on track. Dallas's defense looks Super Bowl caliber. San Francisco is going to be tough to compete against the NFC. Philly doesn't look as strong and as potent as they were last year. It's going to be a lot of fun to see the Cowboys and the Eagles go at each other, but we do have some fun football heads. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go for more or less than their Prize Picks projection. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Find out all about it at prizepicks.com slash HTL and use code HTL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash HTL and use the code HTL for that first deposit match of up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Tom, I want to start there. Do we see some more stuff for Satania this week in Baton Rouge trying to get some explosive plays out of the, the Fayetteville wide receiver? Well, I certainly hope so. And I believe I said on this air last week that I thought they probably still had some stuff left they hadn't really touched on. I mean, we saw them throw green passes to Isaiah in camp daily, and he was catching them all. So um, clearly it's parts of the practice that we haven't seen that um, Sam is referencing here. And obviously he's talking about Jaden Wilson, mm-hmm. who's had a few drops already in, you know, the last two games. Um, so telling you, if, if you're going to try to have big plays, the ball has to touch his hands because if you if you block it up, he can make guys miss with his speed and, and his agility. I mean, he showed that on the punt return. So they're going to have to explore a lot of different ways I mean, they, to move the ball. They talked about – Moving the pocket around some with KJ, I think BYU got really uh, comfortable centering in on his his drop point. And at the end of the game, 
their rush was just coming. And uh, at that point, it looked like the Arkansas O-linemen were a little bit fatigued, and um, BYU had the energy. I equate the energy that BYU played with to, to much of what Arkansas had in 2021. Arkansas just had this fire. I mean, you think about the Alabama game. You know, with KJ and Traylon Burks and that crew, just kept coming back, coming back. They didn't win the game, but they were in it and they they were playing with something. It looked to me like Arkansas kind of had a clinical approach to Saturday, and BYU had a very emotional, like the revenge was on their minds, um, having a, a good game plan. And even though Arkansas outgained them by a huge margin, mm-hmm. they just took advantage of everything between the touch, the, the interception return back to the twenty. Um, the punt that, that Max Fletcher shanked out of bounds, they capitalized quickly on both of those field positions. And, that, I mean, and that's 14 points. Um, so it's the difference in the game. So who has to be that energizer bunny for this team on, on Saturday? I, I've talk, talked about this morning, Landon Jackson, Dwight McAuthorn going up against their former team once again. We mentioned Satania. I mean, who's who's got to be the guy that, that puts the gas in the tank and, and gets this engine going for this football team? Well, I mean, your team captains have to be part of that. So that's KJ. And, you know, Brady Latham's got to have a bounce-back game. And obviously the guys you mentioned who are going back to their, their original school, um, all that plays into it. And um, I don't know. It, it's, it basically needs to be the whole team, but they have to believe in their game plan, and they have to do, they have to do something. I'm not saying have a, a whole list of gadget plays, but BYU clearly had some things. They, they saw Jordan Crook in the game, and I don't know if they were going to call it anyway, but with Crook in the game, they ran that double pass, and it looked to me like the running back was on his side and released, and Crook is looking at where the, the, the pass went to, mm-hmm. and the guy was wide open. So um, it's, it's, it's a combination of a lot of different things, and Tommy, you're going to hate this, but it felt like to me the Big 12 crew was just kind of <laughs> – they looked at they looked at the game one way. Okay, uh, th- that that um, roughing the passer call on Antonio Greer was one of the weakest. I mean, to say it was a tap is maybe uh, overdoing it. That was a very 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 weak roughing the passer call. And meanwhile, a dude speared KJ on that critical series right before halftime. Came in. I mean, Rod Gilmore talked about it on the broadcast. Yeah. That should have been a targeting or a spearing unnecessary roughness and a first down and Arkansas might get a touchdown right there. And then the, the offensive passive interference on Luke, Luke has was ridiculous. And also he caught the pass and one of the guys who tackled him last, I thought targeted. So that's what, what I thought the flag was. I did too. And to see it come to, to see it come back as a <laughs> offensive pass interference. And there was just some contact. It was just ridiculous. And it looked to me like they were looking for things to flag Arkansas for and, and not BYU. Well, Tom, a couple things. One, Tommy's got the fever, so he, he's not here this morning to... Okay, well, good Good thing you didn't hear that. <laughs> um, I, I mean, Greer, I, it didn't look like much, but he hit him in the helmet. They have to call that. I hate it. Stupid, but that's what they called. The other things you discussed, I mean, has, first of all, he just, he ran and did a button hook, and the guy was standing there. He had nowhere else to go. That wasn't an OPI. He did get targeted. KJ got targeted. Also, Pooh Paul got held at least twice that I saw, like clear holding calls, and then throw the flag. So, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that's I, what I mean. That's, and I know you asked Sam I mean, about that Ty. yesterday, too, and he couldn't really touch on that because he didn't want to get fined, but I do well, appreciate you Ty, questioning. Ty, Ty, that's, a, that's exactly what I'm talking about here, is that 
Uh, the holding calls on Arkansas are very, very numerous. But are you telling me that BYU never held? If you're going to start calling holding calls like that, then it needs to be applied both ways. And I'm yeah. telling you, that I thought the officiating could was one of the biggest differences in the game. Bottom line. Yep. No, I don't disagree. Tom Murphy on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. He's with Whole Hawk Sports and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Always asking good questions to Coach Pittman in the press conference. I really appreciate the, the time and the effort that he spends on that. One of the things Coach talked about yesterday, Tom, is, is KJ being banged up. And I I, th- I think you were the one that talked about like him not cutting up and did not doing normal KJ stuff. Did you notice, like I did during the game, that he just looked in certain running situations not like himself? It's exactly right. And if you're ailing in some manner, in your mind, psychologically, you don't want that part of your body to get hit unnecessarily. And at first glance, I thought the one that I referenced in the paper today, which is um, it was a snap from, I think, the 11-yard line right before halftime, and he, he went right, and he broke through the line, and uh, I thought there was only one DB left to beat, but I was wrong in my mind. There was a the defensive end, uh, Bagna, was kind of trailing him, and if KJ had, I'm not sure if he would have made the corner, but the defensive end would have been there to kind of get him, and then the DB could have come in and hit him too. So I, on second glance, that one wasn't, as, um, I don't know, obvious maybe as it looked like on game day because I thought he had made the corner and then if he just kind of makes a DB miss, he might score. So, But not getting a touchdown in that circumstance was, was really big and, and it included the should-have-been spearing play. But, yeah, I, I think there's somebody part of his that was hurting a little bit um, and probably toward the end of the game, that was in his head. I mean, he was having to go fast. And he made some things happen on that last drive with 155 left. Um, it's just that the holding calls and, you know, everything kind of colluded against them. And, and even though they got back down to the 16-yard line and converted that fourth and 18, um, it just wasn't to be that night. Tom, I want to get you out of here on this. And we always appreciate your insight. We're going to get more of it on Thursday. A.J. Green single-digit touches, and this was his best game as an Arkansas Razorback, and I know Coach was asked about that yesterday. Do we see more of him getting And I know he dropped that one screen pass, but do we see them trying to focus more on running him Saturday night if it's successful? Yeah, I mean, he might get more of the touches. Um, let's face it, y'all. Uh, the, the running backs are being touched um, after um, a short amount of yards per on the average than it was last year. Mm-hmm. And and they're having to make something sometimes out of not much there. And so Dubinion's numbers don't look great on yards per carry, nor do Dominic Johnson's. And as much as I love Dominic Johnson, he caught the pass out in the flats, and there was one guy out there, and there was no wiggle. There was, like, you know, he didn't put a move on the guy. Yeah. And uh, anyway, um, yeah, AJ's, AJ's probably the best all-around back by a small margin over Dominion out of um, who's available. Um, Rocket Sanders, the way Sam phrases his injury stuff, I get the sense that he won't be available this week, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see how he does it. He didn't do anything really in the group drills yesterday, but maybe he'll come along during the week, and if he's not ready this week, maybe A&M, but 
Yeah, AJ, um, AJ's a good bright kid and um, a, a really good running back. So, yeah, I'd like to see him get up into the 10-plus touches. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.